1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's one of the songs that Debbie's written, by the way, and uh, Lord willing, that'll be in her next book. She's working on Songs for My King, Volume 3. Uh, pray for her. It's, uh, it's been a little bit slower now with everything going on. It's a little harder for her to concentrate and, and uh, to, uh, to actually be able to, uh, to, to get the information down on, the, on paper and, and all. So, um, uh, but she's pushing forward, amen? <laughs> and that's a song that needs to get out there. Folks need to hear that. How many more? Really, think about it. How many more will die before we go? We're talking about it all the way around the world, but, but how about across the street? How about down the roadways? How about those bus routes? I mean, you know, do we expand the route? Do we try to reach some new folks this week? Or, eh, maybe next week. Take this thing seriously, amen. This, this, this work that God has given us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 26. If you have your place in the Scriptures under Abel, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised, God hath chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, when uh, reading through the Bible, we're, we're, uh, we often notice some seemingly impossible tasks that are accomplished by the most unlikely individuals. You know what I'm saying? As you go through, you see, you see some folks doing some great things for God, and you say, How, how'd that happen? I, I, I got to say before you tonight that, that, that that's me. I, I'm one of those very unlikely individuals. If you'd have known me in high school, you'd say, I don't think so. I mean, I'd rather take a zero than to get in front of the class and give a book report, you know. But, but that's the kind of folks that God's looking for, amen. I, folks with, with no ability that he'll say, you know what, I can do something. The impossible things, that's, that's what God's looking for. Things that, that we think that the world looks at and says, that's, that's not possible, it's impossible. God says, okay, let me have it a while. <laughs> and, uh, and God does some, some great and, uh, and tremendous things. Title of the message tonight, Mission Impossible. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being in your house tonight. And Lord, to stand behind this pulpit. Lord God, I just pray that you'd speak to each and every heart tonight. Lord, there's a huge task before us. And the world, in fact, many Christians would say it's impossible. Father, help us. Speak to our hearts tonight. Touch me, Lord. I just want to be a, a blessing to these folks. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Mission Impossible. Remember the old TV series? <laughs> years, years gone back. Now, uh, I, I know more than likely they have made a raunchy movie out of it by now, and I, I don't know anything, anything about that. I don't go to movies and don't even have a television, but, uh, but I remember the old series they had, and that, 
and that little tune that they they'd play, you know, the guy the guy had light light the the the, uh, the wick and it'd burn across there, uh, you know, and and uh, it, it was I thought I always thought it was pretty interesting. It was one of the shows that I enjoyed watching as a as a kid, as a as a teenager, and all. Uh, and uh, I got to thinking about how you know they they take something that you you, you just you couldn't fathom how it could possibly be. How, how in the world you'd, you'd, you'd ever accomplish this task? And, and this fella, he'd get this recorder out of his desk, and he'd lay a tape recorder. You young folks, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Ask, ask mom and dad, ask grandma and grandpa. And they'd play, play a little, little reel-to-reel tape recorder, and it would give his, his instructions and say, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it? And then say, this tape will self-destruct in 10 seconds. Then you'd see smoke come up around it, and you'd tape it to self-destruct. And they go about and, and accomplish the impossible thing that was put before them to do. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. But anyway, uh, there are several Bible characters by God's grace accomplished the impossible. Amen? Uh, and and I want to I look just briefly at some of those. David, you remember David, as a young boy, as a young shepherd boy, uh, he goes and slays the giant Goliath. Impossible. I mean, the armies didn't know it. They, the king was, was wringing his hands. Oh, no, what are we going to do now? And, 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 and David's big brothers, they were fretting. You know, hey, did you hear, did you hear what, what this guy said? How he, how he defied the armies of the living God? David says, hey, you know, what's, what's the problem, guys? Come on, let's, let's get, the, get the job done. And, and the impossible takes place, glory to God. Uh, Esther, a young orphan girl, becomes the queen and saves her people uh, from destruction. Uh, the most unlikely people. Uh, Gideon, <laughs> Judges chapter 6 and verse 15. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Gideon defeated the Midianites with an, uh, with an army of 300 men. 300 men and defeated the Midianite army. Uh, and then judged Israel for 40 years. Impossible. 300 men. God did it through Gideon. Peter and John, Acts 14, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Notice they, 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 these unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. I mean, these, these unlearned and ignorant men stood up and God filled their, their mouths and they, and they spoke with boldness and wow. Uh, Paul the Apostle, remember Saul of Tarsus, the one who went around persecuting churches? Now, I wouldn't expect him to be a missionary or an evangelist, would you? <laughs> no, to write a, a large portion of our Bibles? impossible no no <laughs> he becomes the great apostle paul wow you see now notice in each case in each case obedience precedes success joshua 1 8 the bible says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do 
according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. Uh, I'll tell you, God, God wants us to have success, but obedience is necessary before we'll ever have success. In Luke chapter 18, verse 27, Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Hey folks, we, we need to simply obey and, and let God uh, do, do the impossible. Let, let God do the impossible through us, amen? Uh, if we'll just simply obey the Lord and, and then watch God do what, what we thought was totally impossible. Uh, now these Bible characters accomplished the seemingly impossible things for the Lord. But I see in Scripture another seemingly impossible task that is given to a humanly speaking <laughs> rather insignificant group of people. Mark 16 and verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Turn your Bibles to, to, the, to the book of Acts. Uh, he, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, now, by the way, this command is given to his church when at that time there appears to only be about 11 members. He says, I want you to take the gospel, the, the, the good news of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. Take, take that message to the world. You go reach the, the whole world with a message. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, God. I, I don't know. Acts 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is coming. That's a key word there, that power. Don't, don't try to do anything in your own strength. The Lord, the Lord says you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In, in another place, he says, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You've got to have the power from God to do this. Now, now you and I have the power. Okay, that's, 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 that happened there in Pentecost, okay? Uh, and that power is transferred to every church since that time, right up until today. So we have the ability, the power. There's no tarrying necessary, amen? We just need to get up and go, amen? Uh, now he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, <clears throat> this, this might have seemed like a totally ridiculous command to this young church. Uh, I, I mean, it, at any rate, it was ignored. Uh, they remember not worth it to simply obey the command and watch God do the impossible through us. They ignored the command. They, they, they just, they, did, they didn't go. Uh, in one eight, we, we just saw that. He says, he says uh, you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That happened on Pentecost. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. You might want to underline or circle the word both. Both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, <clears throat> I struggled with that for a while when I saw that word both. Now, I'm a King James Bible believer. I believe this book is perfect, cover to cover. Every word is exactly what God wanted it to be. Okay, you can't improve on it. Nothing should have been translated another way. But, but in my limited understanding of the English language, I always thought both meant two. But then he gives a list of four places. And I thought, there's got to be something to this, God. Now, now some, some of you, when you see something like that, you say, there it goes, there it goes, preacher. I found a contradiction. 
That's what they'll do. But, but no, wait a minute. When I see something that looks like a contradiction, I say, Lord, you're a lot smarter than I am. Maybe you'll reveal it to me someday. It looks like a contradiction to me, but faith tells me it cannot be. It's gotten, this, this book is perfect, amen? Absolutely perfect. So I, look at, I looked at that, and I'll tell you what I did. I got, I got on a map. I found a map of, of the Bible lands, and I got to look at these places. And um, he, he tells us, he mentions the first place is Jerusalem. Well, that was the city they were in. That's, that's right around them, amen? And then he says Judea. Now, in our locality, you might say that Judea is kind of like Summit County. That's the, that's the area that goes just a little bit beyond Akron, okay, the, the region around the local city, the local Jerusalem, okay. Uh, but then, then I look, well, where's Samaria? Now, Samaria is a little bit farther. Now, remember, they didn't, they didn't have cars and airplanes and all that kind of stuff. If you were going to Samaria, you were going to pack a lunch. They didn't have McDonald's and Burger King either, okay. You're going you're gonna to be a while. You've got to make a point to go to Samaria, now, now uh, Judea, you're there every day. You work in Judea. You work in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. You're, you're, you're there all the time. The, your family lives there. Your friends live there. Uh, but Samaria is, is going out of, out of the way. You've you got to go out of the way to get to Samaria. You're going to travel a little farther. Uh, that might be like the state of Ohio. Or, or, or you could say the nation. All right? The, but, but then the uttermost part of the world, well, obviously that's everywhere else. Now, I don't go there every day. Now, I looked at the both, and I believe that this verse is saying that we are to be witnesses to the people that we see every day, the folks that are family, our friends, our neighbors, the people we work with, the people in our Jerusalem and Judea, and we're also supposed to go out of the way, pack that lunch, we got to go to Samaria, and we got to go to the uttermost part of the world. We're supposed to reach all of them, both at the same time. Now, now, this church, they got the Jerusalem part down real good. I mean, they got it down real good, and, and we don't have the time to look at it, but you, you read the first few chapters of the book of Acts, and I mean to tell you, folks were getting saved right and left. They were, they were seeing thousands of people saved. And folks were, uh, I mean, they were selling out to the Lord. They were, they were selling their possessions and giving, giving everything to the work of God, and, and Wow! I mean, this church was growing and on fire doing so, but they never left Jerusalem. They disobeyed the orders that God gave them, and, uh, and of course, there were, there were consequences. Uh, now, after God stirred them up by allowing them to suffer some persecution, they finally obeyed God. Look at chapter 8. Chapter 8. Chapter 8 and verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. See, they got out of Jerusalem. They were in Judea and Samaria. And devout man carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, notice in verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. 
In Acts 17 and verse 6, the Bible says, and, they, and, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, saying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. I, I mean, they literally turned the world upside down. <laughs> wow! Or right side up, maybe we ought to say, man. Hey, mission impossible, you say? Now see, although it took persecution to shake up this, this young church and get them out of Jerusalem, within several years, they, they literally went to the, to, to the complete then-known world. I mean, they, they reached their world within just, when the, just a few short, short years. Now, by the way, the same command is ours today. The same command that they had is, is for us today. Now, you're probably thinking, uh, our little church, we, we could never accomplish such a great task as that. We could, we could never, now remember, be careful, God could use persecution to motivate us today, just like he did in that day. Let's not get too comfortable, all right? God could bring persecution right here into your church and tear this place up to get you to reach the world. I, I don't think that'll be necessary, but God could do that, amen? We got to take this thing seriously. Now, now remember what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 24, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I mean, God will, do, God will enable us. Luke 18 and verse 27, Jesus said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Just, just obey the Lord. Amen? Hey, we, have, we have this huge task to do. And, and it's possible. It is possible. Uh, it is possible. Faithful is he that calleth you. God called us and he'll, he will do it. Amen. I remember a, a, a preacher, an evangelist that I knew years ago. He, he, uh, he, put, that, he put that verse to, to music and I, I still remember it. It kind of goes like this. Faithful is he that calleth you. Every word of God is true. And the Lord will see you through. Faithful is he that calleth you. He has called us and he will be faithful to help us accomplish his work. If we'll be faithful. Amen. Now, <clears throat> Hey, William Carey said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Let's make that attempt and then see what God does. Amen? Let's, let's step out and make that attempt. Now, a second uh, seemingly impossible task given, given by our Lord is also found in the Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And look at verse 7. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. But, but preacher, I already tithe. It's impossible for me to give to missions too. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 17 and verse 20, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing. If we have faith as a grain of mustard seed, nothing would be impossible to us. Amen? Nothing. That's why we call it faith promised missions. Because I can't explain it. 
it looks to me like it's impossible. I don't have that kind of money. I can't go reach the world. I, I'm only one person. I'm in one place. I can't be everywhere, and, and it's impossible. But we call it faith, promise missions. By faith, it can work. By faith, it can be done. Amen? There's an emphasis, got to be an emphasis on faith. If you're trying to figure out this mission sling, forget it. Forget, you, you're not going to figure it out. Uh, there's a faith, an element of faith necessary. It, it's just like believing this Bible. Uh, I can't explain it all. But by faith, I can believe it. Amen? Salvation. I can't explain. I can't explain why God uh, sent His Son to die for me. Why would He, why would he do that? I, I, I can't explain that. But faith tells me it happened, and He did that. And if I put my, my trust in Him, He'll take me to heaven when I die. Amen? Uh, there's, there's a place for faith in this, in this missions thing. Now, now, notice, I want you to notice the, the testimony. You're in, in 2 Corinthians. Go to chapter 8. Uh, the testimony of the, the Macedonians. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Now, now did you get that? It says they, they had trials of affliction, but then they had abundance of joy. They were also in deep poverty. They didn't have any money. But yet they were liberal in their giving. Verse 3, for to their power I bear record, yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. I, I mean, these, these folks, they, they, they were poor people, so poor that the apostle Paul comes and says, oh, no, 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 keep your money. You, you need it there. Keep that, don't give us that mission money. We'll, we'll, we'll do all right. We'll, we'll find another way. No, you, you, need, you need the money. And they had to beg the Apostle Paul to take the gift. And they gave with joy. Wow. I, unbelievable. You say, I don't understand, preacher. I, I, don't, I don't get it. How, how can this be? There's a biblical principle that always works when we're giving to God. We're giving anything to God, whether it be our time, our finances, whatever. There's a biblical principle that, that always works. Uh, Luke 6 and verse 38. You might want to write that verse down, look it up later. The Bible says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure ye meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. You cannot outgive God. I don't care what you're doing. You say, well, I'm already tithing. Now, now I can't afford to. You can't afford to do it. You can't afford not to because that's being disobedient to God. And the mission impossible thing doesn't work when we're disobedient. Amen. And we want, we want to see miracles, don't we? Don't, don't we? Everybody wants to see a miracle. Okay. You, want, you know what a good miracle is? This church reaching the world with the gospel. That's a miracle. Because... To our pea brains, it's impossible, <laughs> amen. And so when we see the impossible happen, why, that's a miracle. We give God the glory for that, amen. Uh, hey, uh, God's in the miracle-working business, and He wants to use you. You've just got to trust the Lord, amen. Uh, when, you, when you attempt the impossible by giving or, or increasing your faith promise offering, you're contributing to the dearest thing to the heart of God. 
You're giving to something that means more to God than anything else. You say, how do you figure, Brother Black? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's pretty dear to His heart. His Son, his son is pretty dear to His heart. And He gave His Son to us. Now, if nobody knows about the Son, it was a wasted gift. Now, it means a lot to Him. God will always bless our efforts to reach souls. Guarantee you, He will always bless our efforts to reach souls. Now, thirdly, I would say, <clears throat> when we do accomplish these impossible tasks... Remember what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 again. Go back with me. 1 Corinthians 1. And we will. If we, if we do it right, we trust God and we believe God for the impossible, we will accomplish some impossible tasks. Remember what he says in, in 1 Corinthians 27, or 1, chapter 1 and verse 27. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm nothing. God has chosen the weak things, I'm not strong, to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God hath chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in His presence. That no flesh should glory in His presence. Hey, glory to God, when, when we make our faith promise commitment, that no flesh should glory in His presence. When we, when we put, that, put that card in the plate and says, I'm going to give $10 a week, or I'm going to give $50 a week, or whatever it might be. Oh boy, boy, I'm feeling good. Chills running all up and down my spine. Oh boy, I'm a good Christian because I'm giving. Oh, I'm, I, whoa, wait a minute. That no flesh should glory in His presence. We're nothing. God's using, God's doing the impossible. Give Him the glory. Amen. No glory for us. When the church reaches our faith promise goal, amen, to God be the glory. Amen. No flesh should glory in His presence. When the church, church takes on another missionary, then no flesh should glory in His presence. Uh, when we're uh, consistently bringing our faith promise offering week after week after week, month after month, consistent, 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 that no flesh should glory in His presence. Hey, when we win another soul to Christ, Amen, that no flesh should glory in His presence. When a family in the church surrenders to go to the mission field, woohoo! but no flesh should glory in His presence. When we reach our Jerusalem with the gospel, amen? Now, you're going to need a bigger building. Praise God for the big building, but you're going to reach your Jerusalem, you're going to need a bigger building, okay? <laughs> but when it happens, when it happens that no flesh should glory in His presence, Amen? Uh, when, when the whole world has been evangelized, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Hey, to God be the glory, great things He hath done. I can't do impossible things. God does the impossible things through me. He uses you. He uses me. He uses us for the work of God. Oh, just think with me that the Almighty God would allow mere man to have to have a little part in his great redemption plan. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's mind-boggling to me, that God would let us 
have a part. And then give us rewards for doing it. And have a good time doing it. Amen? I'm having the time of my life. I I love what I do. When you put the Lord first in your life, whatever whatever area it is, if it's your missions giving or or if you surrender to be a missionary or, 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 or whatever the case may be, oh my goodness. It's a wonderful time. It is. Why does God do that? He's such a good God. He's such a good God. What an honor to have a part in getting the gospel to the world. Mission impossible, you say? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. It just takes some willing folk. Amen? It just takes a few willing folk to do what God said to do. By the way, that church didn't want to get out of Jerusalem. Well, I'll tell you, they accomplished some great and mighty things once they finally got obedient. But, but don't, let, don't let God, don't make God have to twist your arm to, to obey Him. Don't, don't make God have to send persecution to your family. Send persecution in your life to get you to obey. Don't, don't go the hard way. We tell our kids... Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. We're God's kids. Let's listen. Let's go the let's let's take the easy route. Amen. Obedience is always better. Always better. You fight God. Either you live a miserable life the rest of your life. And there are folks like that. They're, They're miserable because they disobeyed the Lord. Miserable the rest of their lives. Or they have to go through some pretty rough times before they finally say, all right, Lord, all right, your will be done in my life. We could bypass the rough part. Amen. Let's stand with heads bowed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Now, it is impossible for a lost man to go to heaven. But with God, all things are possible. He sent his son to die for you you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're talking about taking the gospel around the world. But we've got the gospel right here in this room. And I hope and pray that every individual under the sound of my voice knows for sure that they're saved and on their way to heaven. What a shame for us to send the gospel around the world by way of missionaries and somebody in this room die and go to hell. Christian, have you given your life to God to do whatever he wants with you? Have you said, Lord, I'll go? How many more will die before we go? Lord, I'll go. Lord, Lord, you've been talking to me about this missions thing, and I believe I need to to quit my job and go on deputation and go somewhere and reach folks that don't know the gospel. Maybe you've been fighting the Lord over this faith promise thing. I know most of us aren't wealthy. I get that. But this church gave beyond, that church in Macedonia, they gave beyond their ability. God did the impossible through them. You see, God picks up the tab on this one, but lets us get joy in obeying. Father in heaven, God help us. I pray that each one of us would yield to your Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, if you've spoken to hearts, I pray they'd be willing to come.
heads bowed and eyes closed before I finish my prayer. Just a couple quick questions for you. If you'd say, Brother Black, uh, I'm saved and I know it. I'm on my way to heaven. Could you lift your hand up as a testimony of God's grace in your life? I'm saved and I know it. Hold it nice and high for just a minute. All right, wonderful. Hands going up all over. Looks like about everybody's hand went up. Thank you. You may put them down, but could be, could be that I missed someone. If you're here tonight and you'd say, Brother Black, I don't know for sure. I, I'm really not sure that I'm going to heaven when I die, but I I really don't want to go to hell. I'd like to pray for you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I promise I won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. Perhaps you'd say, Brother Black, I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven, but I really don't want to go to hell. Would you just slip your hand up and put it down? Just, just, just hold it up for, for, for just a minute. Put it down. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Christian, maybe you'd say, God spoke to me through the message in some way, through the service, through the missionary or, or, the, or the service tonight, the music. Somehow God spoke to my heart. Pray for me. I'd like to pray for you tonight. Yes, yes, I see hands going up all over. Others, pray for me. Include me in that prayer, Brother Black. Yes, I see that. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you'd touch each and every life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do what you'd have us to do. I thank you for making the impossible possible. Bless our invitation now. In Christ's name we pray. As the piano begins to play, God speaking to your heart, join these in.